Hello, everyone. Uh, this is a kind of a new format. Uh, this show, this weekly show, uh, has been recorded on the 22nd of December, 2020. Uh, we are finally getting uh, to finish this year. Let's hope that next year will be better than that. Uh, I'm here with my good friend, Dov, who, uh, if you're following the Sourcing Challenge show, uh, you would have seen Dov, I think, a couple of years ago, uh, one of the episodes there. Of course, I'm going to link it to that. Um, but the reason I invited Dov on this one is that I wanted to try something different, a slightly different format than the normal kind of interview shows that we always do, um, and have something where we come every week and kind of what's happening in the sourcing world. Uh, look at articles, look at podcasts. Uh, we might get some guests on here for, for shorter stints, just ha kind of have fun. Um, but to have the recurrent format and kind of, you know, connect with you every week to see what's happening in the world that, you know, we work in, uh, you know, new things that are happening. And for that, um, I felt that Dov was the perfect person. Uh, we've, we've known each other for quite some time and the whole kind of podcast show is perfect for that because that's partly why we actually got to know each other. Um, but yeah, welcome yep. Dov. <laughs> Yeah, and, 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 and the irony is that exactly two years ago, we were uh, recording the, 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 pod, uh, the podcast episode that, where, where you invited me as a guest, and it was aired on the 30th of December. So that was, and that completely changed my life. That was two years ago. But we met on AirSource uh, when we were sourcing for charity. Yep. Uh, and actually, that was the moment when, yeah, it was very different for me to see someone else do the sourcing as well and try to work together and uh, not to put so much pressure on my brain. And I remember you said, okay, don't worry if it's, you know, there are good days and there are bad days. And it's like, it's all good. It's like, really? It's like, we just nothing. Good years and bad years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really don't want to go there. <laughs> no, and I thought that was like exactly that. Like, I, I said, told many people as well, like, why did I start like the podcast part of the, the Sourcing Challenge show? And it was there very much like, AirSource was one of the only shows for me that was that kind of, it was only monthly, which always annoyed me because I wanted more. Uh, like, who doesn't want more of Kathleen and Andy? Um, but also, like, it was relevant news for us for what was happening, the events and things like that. Um, I love being on the, in the AirSource um, one show. Uh, yeah, 12 hours of, uh, of recruitment content in one day was you know, brilliant. And, yeah, we were hanging out. Um, sourcing for a charity and just getting to know each other. I, I don't even remember how many years ago that was. It's so long ago that Catherine's moved and now she's moved back again. Um, so, yeah, she's had a stint in another part of, uh, of England. So that kind of wanted to bring some of that back. Um, and it's partly why I, I wanted to do the, the sourcing challenge show and the interview part of it. Um, but at the same time, what I'm missing is that kind of yeah, just, just kind of weekly things like what's going on. I don't want to do monthly because I think that's too far apart. I think weekly is perfect. You might not have anything every week, um, but like I know you and me can easily talk for half an hour, 45 minutes, just for like with abs about absolutely nothing. Um, so if people want to listen to that, I'm absolutely happy that they do. Even longer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> easy <laughs> yeah yeah just just give us a bone and we're gonna just chew it <laughs> exactly so the format of the show is very much going to be this uh it's Dov and i um talking kind of looking at what's happening in the sourcing world uh what interesting events might be coming up uh hopefully at some point we're going to go back to being in-person events uh both of us have done a lot of online events for the last year 
uh, a lot of them together as well. So I feel like we're hanging out there and we always take some time to kind of hanging up what was be, what normally have been backstage, but, you know, in the online event space, it's just, you know, kind of grabbing a virtual table. Um, I am looking forward to going to in-person events at some point. Um, I wasn't too sad that there was none happening this year because I hadn't expected to go into any. Um, but yeah, I, I can kind of feel as like, okay, it's been a long time. I think the last conference I went to was in Seattle. And that was a very long time ago. Mm. That would have been like September 2019, something like that, even further back. So yeah, that's, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, and you know what you just said, I, I think that, you know, a lot of things have changed when everything shifted into the virtual world. And I remember when, for me, the, the very first uh, virtual sourcing event was SoSavi, and so using Remo, and it looked as a, such a cool and different, vibrant experience. And then with every single event, you're like, that optimism <laughs> just drops <laughs> dramatically. And, and I think that this is like, uh, I've been hearing that people were sharing, like speakers were sharing the, the ideas that, you know, this is not, this is not the same. And, and we both saw that Erin Matthews, she wrote an article about it. And the title of the article is brilliant. Virtual conferences are a bummer and I'm done pretending otherwise. So, and I think, you know, you know, that's the thing that she mentions quite a lot of, um, points she ah. she mentions quite a lot of points that we already kind of mentioned as well that it's not it's not the same yeah. and you know something as simple for example as hoover there's no point in using hoover anymore when you're at the virtual event because you're already virtual everyone is on the <laughs> screen right something as simple right and uh, but what do you think from your experience uh, what you've had this year uh, what were the I don't know, what were the highlights in the sense that what you liked about things going virtual and what you've missed? Um, no, I definitely agree with Aaron. I think, and, and I, she made some really good points in her article as well, is that what people don't see is all the, you know, all the work that goes in the background. It's like normally when we speak at a conference that we'll get flow now. Like, it's like, I love speaking at conferences because it's more about just, you know, going on stage and delivering a presentation about something that I've prepared. It's the meeting the people. Um, and I know Erin very well, and you can see that in the episode that I did with Erin as well. A, a lot of kind of where she is today in terms of why she, she shares so much in the community is because she's gotten a lot from the community. Um, and, and her kind of big aha moment was when she was meeting Greg uh, at the round table at SourceCon and kind of saying, who does, you know, how do you source on Reddit? And Greg was like, I don't know. I, I'm not touching that with a barge pole. And she's like, actually, I know. Like, why don't I? And that was, you know, the beginning of her kind of seeing is like, look, it, it doesn't matter how many years of experience you have, but we all have something we're an expert in. And Erin had used that really well and has kind of given a lot back to the community in terms of showing people that what, you know, how she came in and became a speaker and, and speaking at conferences isn't rocket science is that the work she did but it like as she said in the article as well it's like it's hard to say no it's like well it's just a couple of hours of your time for this virtual conference it's not anymore it's like you do spend a lot of time preparing for it 
a lot of them expect you to kind of be there for question afterwards and you you also feel bad. I mean, you wouldn't do that with a with an in-person conference that you just go in, do your talk, and then, you know, you buck her off again. So I, you know, it, but it's also why, like, it's cool to do, but you don't do more than a couple of years, like a couple per year, because it takes you two or three days um, to the whole conference, where now it's like it's hard to say no. Um, so I miss that kind of conference feeling. Like, obviously, I love that the conferences are online because now there's recordings of most things, uh, which I'm a huge fan of because I always miss 99% of all the talks because I'm outside talking to somebody, actually meeting people, networking. Um, I, I do the hallway track. Yeah, the amount of uh, sessions that we've missed. The and then I'm like, and I'm always like, talking to each other. <laughs> I'm like, you know, the, the sessions I'm normally in is like, if it's people speaking that I want to support by support, sitting in the, yeah. the front row, um, yeah. there's a few that I've missed. And it's like, I really, if that had been recorded, I'd be really like to see that. Mm. But it's just never enough for me to pull away from, you know, just meeting people, actually talking to them. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely missing that. And the online thing is not, you know, help with that. What, what it has helped for me is that a lot of the training has gone online as well. Um, I think the first event that I did was even before Social V. Uh, it was a, a HR, conf, HR recruitment conference in Ukraine, and they had a cancellation last minute uh, because Andre from Facebook in London was stuck in Malaysia or Thailand somewhere. He couldn't get a flight back. Singapore. Singapore. And he's like, yeah. my internet is not strong enough for me to do a presentation. Can you do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. So that was the first. But the highlight for me was when we did uh, the amazing hiring tech sourcing training. Uh, you know, we had 5,000 people sign up for free training over five weeks. Uh, that was, it was really cool to see, like kind of looking back at it. It's like, you know, that, that was nice to kind of sharing that. When you actually start looking at the numbers, there was it was similar to all the conferences now. Like the first talk, you had a lot of people. A lot of people signed up, but they never actually attended. Um, and it's like, you know, that kind of thing. And you can see it now. It's like there's a lot of saturation with online conferences that people are just like, it's just another Zoom meeting or another online meeting. And it's like they don't really pay attention anymore. We saw that with the last um, virtual conference that we were both at a couple of weeks ago you had five, 10 people in every session and it's like, it's just not worth it for me. For a speaker. For this. No. Because, because you see, uh, what, 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 I, what I've noticed that a lot of speakers that, that I follow who are our friends, you know, and whether we meet and we engage with at the, at, the, at the conferences, most of the times they are creating original content. Yeah. They're not recycling their content. And Erin mentioned about that in her, in her, um, in her post as well, that, you know, it is a lot of time to actually do the research and what you mentioned as well, to to come up with something creative. And then when you do, you actually want audience to, to resonate with that. Because um, I think that maybe the downside of things going virtual and on, of especially of, I don't believe in free events at all, because like how many free events you've registered and you didn't really attend, for example? No, I, I registered because happen. I know that I have to register to get the recordings. Yeah, you know, and, and, and then you don't necessarily value that. It doesn't matter who's presenting, but sometimes it's just like you forget about it. Now, the big difference is, for example, when uh, we would be meeting in Amsterdam, it's also, you know that these are for four days that you're there. 
And yes, you have your laptop, you might need to work, you might have interviews or meetings it's, or whatever. But it's always my daughter's team. birthday when Sosu is in, in, in Amsterdam, every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but still, you, you already plan ahead and you're going into the conference with the mindset that this is the conference and it doesn't matter if I'm speaking or I'm just attending, but my goal is to meet people, to talk to them or to watch presentations or so on you're not bombarded with all of the noise just because yeah. you're in your living room and watching the, the sessions. And this is a, a, this is a very big difference because, and I think that maybe this is what organizers are not uh, taking on board as well. They do think that this is exactly the same, which is not like the virtual conferences play by very different rules. Yeah. And, you know, and I learned the hard way when I was just, I just delivered my very first um, my very first event, and it sounded more like air source when it was eleven hours of awesomeness that turned into fourteen hours of awesomeness. And you know, and it's just training in a sense. You know, yeah, you create value, and you want to give as much value as you can in really short amount of time. But at the end of the day, um, I think because of the difference that we don't have a real interaction. So you're just staring into the screen the whole time. Yeah. You don't, um, I mean, you don't, all you do is just stare into the screen. Yes, you might be in a, in a, in a, at a round table, you might be in a, in a session or you might be in a chat or whatever, but it's not as the same as when you do in a physical event because you would have different things happening throughout the day. So you can then focus on one session and maybe chat to someone else. Here, the focus is always on the screen. And still, there are so many distractions on the same screen. And your phone is there. And for example, we, you know, when, you're, uh, when you are in the real event, you're sitting, for example, on the first, in the first row, in the, in the front, when you're supporting your friends, you're not going to be on your phone all the time, right? <laughs> Unless you're when treating you, it. You could be, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but you still, you would, you, would, yeah, you, you would not be on your phone the whole session, right? Now, when you're listening to the session, you might be doing something else and you're like, oh, you know, I'm chatting like this, you know? And especially sorcerers have how many screens? Like minimum two. <laughs> so you always have something running in the background. And, and for me, the question there is, you know, first of all, do we get as much as we potentially could, and where's the value of the presentation itself? Because it takes a lot of time for, for speakers to create it in the first place. And if there is no you know, return of investment for them, because uh, the challenge is that a lot of people in our circle, they are on day rates. So if they are sacrificing their days to go to the Even conferences- Even if they're not, because it's virtual conferences as well, like they're, you know, they're not taking, days off like they're not telling their boss like i'm going to a conference i'll be in amsterdam i'll be on my i'll read my email once a, like you know once or twice a day it's like they're like even if they're not paying for the conference themselves it's like their boss is paying for it but then it's like ah but i still expect you to do all the work it's like you know you don't have that mm -hmm. you know have your you have your training budget in a lot of companies but you don't take the days off kind of thing uh, yeah that's the thing i think and that's partly why we were like with what I liked with what we did with the with the the, the sourcing training, and it's uh, we're gonna do something similar in the new year in February, uh, but paid. So no more free, you know, no more free coffee uh, because you kind of see, and I saw, saw that like five thousand people sign up, and I think 
I could see how many people actually attended the, the, the events. Uh, and because I made training out of that whole thing, I, you know, cut down the 15 hours of video into smaller blocks. Uh, I have, I'm probably the only one who's seen every second of the training at least once, um, some of them three or four times because I edited all the videos. But because I know it's like nobody's going to sit through the recording of a half an hour presentation, a 40, 40, you know, a 15 minutes Q&A, and then another, you know, half an hour, 45 minute Q&A, like unless it's broken down into smaller bits. So it's like, OK, where's the natural kind of breaks? Um, but what we did well with that is that it was twice a week. You know, it wasn't uh, four days and full on. It was yeah. twice a week for five weeks. Um, and what I'm working on in February is bringing training back, but actually paid training. So basic sourcing training and advanced sourcing training for the whole of February. So with something every day, uh, including the weekends that might be, you know, things to prepare for or reflect on, but have training for like an hour and a half every day of that week. Um, that also gives people, if they're not there live, which, you know, you would hope they were, so they can ask questions because that's part of like a lot of the things that people are missing. That the Q&A part of the yeah. online events is the most brilliant things. And the part that you can actually do a live demo in your talk. So rather than just sharing, you know, your PowerPoint and your, you know, which normally do because the internet connection, wherever hotel you're at, is never good. You can share, like, this is the theoretical part of it. This is me showing you how to use that in practice. And then we, you know, what questions do you have? Um, so I want to do that every day, but also give people that, you know, they can watch the recording. And if they still have questions, they stay open for that to ask the same trainer questions on another day. Nice. Because I and think kind of that's, that's the thing that we need to get back to. And what kind of platform are you thinking of using for that? I'm using Podia, which we use for the, for the training. So, well, using probably as webinars, like every day as webinars, but then have the recordings in, like, is then soon as the webinar is over, the recording is in Podia, which is what we use for the training side. Um, so it is, it is a proper training side where people log in, they can track their progress, and they can see, you know, what new is there. But also that you can put support materials. Um, I want to be able to link back to, like, similar to, you know, Aaron wrote a brilliant article this week, but I'm like, go back and watch the interview with Aaron. Uh, if you don't know who Dove is, go back and watch the interview mm. with Dove. It's like a lot of that kind of thing that I didn't like for conferences and why I wanted to do a lot of the interviews is that you never got to know people really well because you always had like half an hour with them, you know, sitting down for a beer or in between a session or something, but you never really got to know each other better. Um, and we yeah. are missing some of that. But also, you know, Having online, like, can you spend an hour, an hour and a half every day for a month to actually learn something? I think that's much more powerful than shipping you off for a four-day conference somewhere and you come back and you just information overload. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and that's the thing that I, after having my own experience with the, the new format that I was building, <laughs> um, you know, I, I've learned it really the hard way and I, and I got the feedback that, we need to make gaps in between sessions for people to actually you did, go what, offline. Fourteen hours in a row. It was eleven. It was eleven hours of content. So it started at eleven and it it finished at nine. So that's a little less. But then we ended up having another three hours of just you know uh, kind of after party chatting at the roundtables, you know. But 
but it was full on like there were you know there was time for like 30 or uh, 45 minutes for like networking time yeah. but we had uh, we had 18 sessions during the day uh, so 18 sessions in 11 hours that's a lot of yeah. a lot of content and and some were really practical some were interviews some like where uh, you know um, panel discussion and so on but i'm already building a second event but it's going to be very different. Exactly. And that, I mean, that, because I think it's, that's it's too much. We don't want to overwhelm. What I'm people. afraid of, though, is that people have gotten in their head what online conferences have been in 2020 uh, and that they're not going to go to anymore because it's like, you know what? Well, I'm not getting anything out of it. Um, I would love to see. There's not many other conferences that I know that have freely given the. Um, you know, the, the videos, but I would love, because I'm a video kind of guy. I have no problem missing the whole event as long as I can get the recordings because then I can, you know, double speed through it if I want to. Uh, and I can pick up the things that I'm actually interested in, in my time when it fits in my schedule. And that's kind of what I want to build on. It's like, you know, I think that's what it is. But I would love to see like how many events that's actually the truth that people watch the videos rather than being there live. Because I don't think people do that a lot. I think they're either there live or they don't. You know, they don't watch it. Um, yeah. And I think people have just gotten, they've gotten enough with conferences, like online, um, which is also part of like, you know, why this show is both audio and on YouTube. Like I used to, like, I never intended to do anything YouTube content because I always, I was an audio guy. Like I wasn't a video guy. And even if YouTube is playing, it's playing in the background, it's the audio piece of it. Um, and I think, that's what's missing from a lot of conferences. It's like, I would rather listen to a whole conference audio and then it's like, oh, that was interesting. I could actually go back to that. But none of the organizers are thinking about like, uh, can we put out an audio track for the whole kind of conference? It's always videos that you have to click from one to the other. So I was like, things like that. I like that. Because uh, so, I mean, and podcast now is, you know, more and more popular. Uh, it's the new radio. Um, but it's the radio where you don't have to look for the stations necessarily. You can go anywhere in the world on a topic that you like, um, you know, which is what I do. And like once in a while, you just I purge my playlist and I start looking for new ones because I'm bored with what I'm listening to. I have a, I have a few stables that I always listen to. But it's always like, OK, I haven't listened to this show for the last three months. What's the point? Um, but I think if I could have that, it's like, look, you know, there was a conference. I missed it. But the audio track is available. I, I would listen to that definitely. It's like, that's interesting. Let me look at that, you know, see what she actually said. If I can get the slides or maybe there is a video that I didn't want to go back and look at. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be something interesting for me. And it's definitely something I would look at. You but just we gave all me kind of learn. Idea. And I mean, yeah, you, you, you work with audio people. So, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. yeah. I did. I, like, I was... I was potentially thinking about it, but somehow that idea just died along the way, you know, and I completely forgot. And 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 yeah. I think I I will need to revisit it. So yeah. So I okay. So one, one other thing as well, like what Aaron didn't mention, um, but I want to go back. I think uh, Katrina Kitten wrote an article two years ago, a year ago, uh, where they were talking about what you don't see. What they were basically saying. I want, like, I'm not speaking anymore unless you pay me. And that blew up on Twitter and, you know, all their, because it's like, you know, if anybody doesn't know the secret, 
when we speak at conferences, we don't get paid to speak at these conferences. If we're lucky, we get paid to go to those conferences, like actually the trip, we get the hotel for the most part, and that's not every conference. Um, but for a lot of the time, it's like we get to go to the conference without paying for it, which for an independent sorcerer like, like me, like Doug, um, especially the us who's been freelance for a long time, we don't have that kind of budget to just like, oh, I want to go to you know two, three conferences a year. Um, like they cost money. Um, so speaking is a way for us to go there. Uh, if we're lucky, the trip is paid for, the hotel is paid for, like there's a really good community around that, but we're not making money. Um, and she was saying, it's like, look, you're not what you don't, you know, by me agreeing to pay to, to, to speak, you need to understand what I'm missing. It's like the lost cost of, I can't work for those days that the conference is on. And that's whether it's online or, you know, in person. Um, and I think that's another, I guess, another thing that I would love to get up again, especially now where it's like, this is all online. You're selling the conference, you're selling the recordings. You're not even flying us out anymore. It's like as speakers, we get absolutely nothing. Yeah, we can pluck whatever kind of things that we're doing, but for the most part, like there's no, you know, there's no profit sharing at all. So um, that's another thing that I would love to get up again, but I know it's not going to happen because it's, there's always going to be people out there that are so happy just to be able to talk that, you know, the organizers don't have to pay us at all. Yeah. But, you know, I, I guess it's also, um, I was thinking about this, right? And, um, well, for me, Sourcing Summit is the, it's like my family, right? Because exactly. that's how everything is for me. And, uh, and even though I've been to other conferences, this is still for me, if I need to pick one conference that I would go and I would prioritize, that's the conference because yeah. I know that most of my friends will be there and and you have the very, like the essence of the whole event is about building the, the community. Of course, if someone is coming for the first time, it will take time for you to actually understand that and get into yeah, the community. You normally have to go to a couple of them to be the understanding. Yeah, yeah. Because it's first of all, it's how you network and how you connect. That's another long story. But uh, but what I what I want to say is that, um, and I know quite a few of people in our kind of world who uh, who are absolutely okay with that. When it comes to other conferences, when they don't have that much of focus on the speaker or on actually helping, um, you know, you and even having fun during the event, because there are a lot of things in the back in the back end, background or how backstage, let's say, that are happening that organizers are arranging to make it more fun for the yeah. speakers. Um, so we understand that there is a lot of cost involved. Now, another challenge I, I see that when it comes to the, the one of the biggest differences is when the cost, right? So the cost of the actual event and the virtual event is very different both how much we should be paying for it as a ticket and how much it actually costs to make it. Yeah. So of course the cost, if you're, if you're planning things wisely, the, you can reduce the cost like crazy. Yeah, you, you don't have to do a, a you know, big hotel and get catering and you know, things like that. So definitely, yeah, you have a very different cost structure. Yeah. So, so, you know, so I think that there are a lot of, so there would, 
in my in my eyes, I would see it as very different options, right? If you have a conference that really cares about you, that's different to where you just, hey, we, we want you to talk and, you know, that's it. And you know nothing about them, right? Mm. So. No, absolutely. That's going to be interesting. I'll, I'll see. I mean, I was listening to a podcast today, not from our industry, but just somebody saying, like, I think they're in the events industry as well. And they were saying, I, I think events is going to come back relatively quickly next year. Once the, you know, the, like the virus kind of gets, like the vaccine gets out and things like that, but at a very different level. Like, you know, it's going to, in, in-person conferences, it's going to be very different. Uh, and I'm like, I'm sad because I, I, you know, I like being at 900 people recruitment conferences in the US, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen for a while because it's like, and even, you know, social in Amsterdam is like, you know, that's five, 600 people as well. It's like, there's no way we're going to all come to, to, to Merweg and, and kind of, you know, hang out because it's like social distancing and things like that. So we'll kind of see. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't mind having smaller events again. Like, you know, those ones where we talked, I know we talked about this before Jesus. as well. It's like, like these 50 people events where you just like, I'd rather spend two days with 50 people and really learn something uh, and, and really do some, some proper like training. Maybe you don't have to have 70 trainers or speakers like you do at the online conferences. You don't have to have, you know, 30 at the, but just like, do a few people that really have something to share and then do much more kind of like a mastermind. Um, so I'm hoping that's something that is going to catch on more. Um, so rather than sending everybody to the same, you know, two, three conferences every year, then look at like, can we do something smaller, but more targeted? Um, that's also going to help us not dilute the sourcing conferences into talking about, everything under the recruitment zone just to attract as many people as possible. Um, and hopefully we're going to also not have to listen to the same talks every bloody conference because nobody comes up with anything new. What really frustrated me in the last few conferences that I went is when organizers are trying to uh, please all time zones. Don't do that. Like, this is a suicide. It really pisses off people who are in, like, if the event is running in your time zone. Or, you know, I, I, I'll never forget when it was TA Day, uh, which was a really cool concept as well. I think it was 12 hours of madness uh, in a positive way. And I was one of the first people to start the day. And then um, it was obvious that it was targeted for more American markets. Yeah. I mean, I was talking at 9 a.m. in the morning, UK time. So I'm sorry, but nobody, guys, nobody in the U, <laughs> very few people in the US are up at that time. <laughs> I mean, so I was lucky enough that I had like, I think you were listening like that. I was some other, few, you know, few friends were there. But then, uh, you know, the next speakers that, was, that were talking, I, I was like, I couldn't believe it. There were like three or four people online listening. And this is, first of all, this is a waste of time because you will never go back and rewatch the videos of 12 hours of content. I mean, only I people like me, but yeah. I mean, those, I don't even, I, I, ha, I know that I should have access to those videos, but it was really complicated to get it. And, and then you're like, no. So it's now with online world, you can create smaller events, targeting smaller communities, what you said, and focus on them. And 
rather than, oh, we're going to do these three days and then one day is going to start at 4 p.m. UK time and then the other day is going to start 9 a.m. UK time, that everyone would be happy. People are not going to be happy. About no. They no, and I, I agree. It's, it's about giving, giving people a time that there's always going to be those people who will show up no matter what time it is. I think Vanessa in South Africa is a good example of that. She's always, she's, as long as I've known her, and I've mainly known her online until last year, uh, she's always been at every event, no matter what time zone it was. Uh, she somehow makes that work. Um, not, I met her in person, and she's like, she is so much fun to be with in person as well. She's inspiration. But that's not everybody. There's a few of us that will show up no matter whether it's, you know, seven in the morning or, you know, one o'clock in the morning because it's San Francisco, whatever it is. But you need to have us like, I think that's, you know, 1% of us, but the 99% of us, like they'll show up if they can, but if they relatively quickly can catch up with what's been going on by selecting what talks they wanted to see. So the whole thing with getting the video a week later, I think that's where it falls down. I think that some of the platforms that we have had was brilliant with, with actually like, okay, that, that the organizer can, but I, I haven't seen any organizers use that. So my kind of thinking is like, if you missed the, the talk, it's, you should be able to go back and listen to it like, you know, relatively quickly after. A crowdcast was brilliant with that, where it's like, oh, I missed that talk. Like if that was like, I was doing that when I was like, okay, I missed a couple of talks, but now we have a break. I'll go back and, you know, and watch the recording on one of the old ones kind of thing. Um, and I think that's the kind of thing because it's, it's like, People will still try to do it in that kind of in those days, but just on their own schedule. And then if you have things where you need to have seen one to understand the other, then you definitely need to have that kind of thing. Give people access to it so they can catch up. Otherwise, they're just going to they're like, yeah, I missed it. So I'm, I'm not just going to I'm just not going to watch it. Yeah. Cool. Well, we can talk conferences all day. Uh, it's not necessarily what we wanted to do. But yeah, this was just to give you a kind of taste for what Dove and I are going to be talking about every week. Uh, we might do like today and just dive deep into one topic uh, because of something that somebody wrote. If you haven't already, uh, go to Recruiting Daily and watch uh, Aaron's article there. Um, also, if you don't know Aaron very well, then go in and watch my interview with her from last year. Um, Dov and I are going to be back, uh, and yeah, we're either going to go in-depth with one topic or just shoot the shit for, uh, you know, half an hour talking about things that's going on. Um, if we find cool YouTube channels, uh, podcasts, if cool events are coming up that we've heard of or we've just been to cool events, then we'll talk about it here. If you uh, have any ideas, uh, feel free to contact us as well. You are all sources, so you should be able to find us. Um, but definitely, Dub, what, what are you working on other than this that you want people to know about as well? So basically, I made this really big announcement in the middle of the year where I said, I'm leaving sourcing and I'm transitioning into career coaching. Um, yeah, uh, so that happens. But uh, now I actually want to take my passion for helping people um, because I just want to help people in general, whether that those are musicians or anyone else or, or help them with, with career or anything. So, so right now I'm working on taking the power of indie concept, which I created recently, uh, helping, uh, uniting independent musicians under one virtual roof. And we're going to be doing some, uh, events, virtual events and uh, workshops and, and hopefully even that's going to turn into coaching. And 
as well, I'm running an independent music blog, Indie Top 39. Uh, so it's all about independent music. Um, so yeah, if, if you're into music that no one knows, come check it out. <laughs> Excellent. And I am, other than uh, actually trying to keep down my day job, uh, also, as always, working on different things. Uh, one of the exciting things for me is that in February, I will be doing some uh, online training, uh, both um, two different tracks, uh, basic sourcing training and advanced sourcing training. I've uh, partnered up with uh, our good friends, the Lokenbergs, uh, Kim and Gordon. Uh, Dove and I know them very well because both of us have been well. on both their couchs and, uh, you know, have, have been their guests many times. Uh, and Aaron Lynch from the U.S. Um, to go more in depth with both the basic sourcing training, but also to take the next step, advanced sourcing training. Um, so we are spending all of February um, essentially doing two different tracks, one basic track for it's going to be an hour and a half of training per day. Um, and in the weekends, it's going to be, you know, different kind of homework assignments, different kind of reflections and like having something going through all of February. So we start on the first. Uh, you can find out more about that on sourcingskills.com. Um, it is both of them are paid training, uh, but you'll definitely see, you know, it's going to be 20 hours of, of training basically for, for each of those levels uh, with some of the people in the world that, I, I have learned a lot from, um, so I know that you can learn a lot from as well. Um, and on the back of that, I'm still working on different training things as well um, online, uh, because even when we do come back to do uh, real world and face-to-face -face things, I think a lot of it is going to be online, so I'm, I'm continuing working on that. But other than that, uh, we will be uh, back next week uh, with uh, more shenanigans from Dove and I. And uh, yeah, let us, let us know if you like this format or if you have any ideas, and uh, we'll see you then. See you next week.